Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the 200th episode of Kawaii Cast. Is, I can't believe we're on episode 200. I know. <laughs> it feels so weird. It really does. Especially because we keep just taking time off. So. <laughs> Especially, yeah, lately. Um, and going into the holiday season, I had 100% anticipate us taking a few more weeks off. Yeah, we're going to have to prepare for the Crunchyroll Awards. Also, I apologize if I'm not sounding 100%. Uh, one, we're recording remotely. Two, I am, I have a fever. So, Someone done got immunitized and got all sick. Yep, so gotta get, gotta get that immunity, gotta become stronger. I spent a whole day in bed watching anime, so it's not too bad. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, except I kept falling asleep and having to restart the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't do that. What should have been like a three-hour anime session turned into like a five-hour anime session. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so then I gave up and started just put on YouTube things that like I don't care if I fall asleep to. Been there. Yeah. Hey, we haven't introduced ourselves. I'm Candace. I'm Tyler. We're professional podcasters, I think. So. Uh, professional employees, we get paid. There's like dimes coming in, right? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen any of it, but I, I hear haven't there's... either. But I haven't cashed it out. It's just yeah. kind of like stacking up, and yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Not much. But yeah, so we. I've been doing this for a while, though. I'm just very, very out of it. However, there is one anime I really wanted to talk about, kind of while it's still a little bit early in the season. Because I feel like momentum for this anime is kind of weird right now. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and talk about our anime news. Anime news. I have one thing. I have one thing, too. We're not sure if it's the same thing. Uh... The remaining episodes of Golden Kamui are going to be postponed. Yep, that's what I got as well. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, so, there was because a... Because a staff member over at the studio has passed, and so yeah. because so of that, taking... the, the rest of the staff has decided to take a break for mourning. Yeah, absolutely. So, as sad as it is, because Golden Kamui is the anime I've been most excited about this season, uh, it's also completely excuse me, completely understandable because it's it's not easy right now. So, I mean, that kind of thing's never easy on people. So, they need to take as much time as they need to. Yeah. So, anime can wait. You know, Golden Conway will always be there, and I'm sure it'll come back eventually. Yes. So we, I mean, it does already... say postponed. It hasn't yeah. been, like, canceled. Canceled, or, yeah. Or, uh, indefinitely postponed or whatever like like they they are planning on returning yeah and if you're really impatient you could go read the manga because i actually do recommend reading the manga for it i've been enjoying it uh it has twice the dick jokes in half the pages it also has big russian woman titties in it like (laughs) (laughs) oh that's fantastic (laughs) She's strong, like bitch who fight a bear in the forest. 
So yeah, uh, I really enjoy the manga a lot. So I mean, that'll tide people over until the anime comes back, I think. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Is the so, manga finished or is it still yeah. ongoing? No, it's completely wrapped up. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, so that's why I'm trying to collect it now that I know kind of where the end goal is. I don't know if it's been completely translated legally, but I mean, there's scans online, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. As long as you support the original creator in some way, I think it's fine. But yeah, so with that, uh, let's get into the anime that we were second most hyped for this season. Which I think is the one that most people were the most hyped for this season, and now everybody's yeah, this kind one got, of like, had like a ton of hype leading up into it. Yeah, and then I feel like a lot of people have kind of dropped off, which I think is actually pretty thematic considering a lot of the content in the latest episodes. It kind of feels almost poetic that a lot of people are like, kind of like, this is it. This is what we were <laughs> excited about for two years. <laughs> right. So, uh, well, let's get into it, because I actually think this one is living up to the hype, and that's Chainsaw Man. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, so... I look, look, okay, just beginning of first episode, that fucking dog had me hooked, okay? <laughs> that's, that's just how it happened. Mm-hmm. I know, the dog really is, like, the best reason to watch this anime. <laughs> That first episode He's was only so there good. for the first episode. He's there in our hearts. Well, in Denji's heart. Yeah. Somebody's heart. <laughs> also, Power has gained a lot of popularity in these last couple of episodes as well. Uh, one being revealed that she is, in fact, a cat person, which a lot of people relate to. They're, everybody's just like, God, I hate everybody and everything except this cat. This cat's yeah. the only thing keeping me going. <laughs> cats are better than people. Yeah. They say, as both the podcasts have abandoned you. Nikola's right here. You just can't see him. Oh, yeah, he's abandoned. He's, he's on the corner of the bed. <laughs> oh, there he is. Yeah. The chonkiest loaf I've ever seen. <laughs> but the other one, yeah, she's, she's long gone. She yeah. doesn't even care for me anymore. She's just, love. she's like, oh my god, the recliner's open. I'm gonna go there. Probably! <laughs> she's the such a brat, I love her. The recliner's her favorite place in the entire house. But god, but yeah. that cat, that, like, power was, was, like, taking care of. That's, like, the most well-behaved cat in the world. Right? Like that cat's just like cool. I'll be your, I'll be your, uh, emergency rations. Oh, I see Topaz. She's behind you. She's on the other side. Okay. There she is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like the cat's just kind of telling Power, like, yeah, no, I'll be, I'll be your emergency rations so long as you know I get fed, I get as much milk as I can drink. That cat went from being skin and bones to being a chonk and like what? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That's kind of how it was with Topaz, though. She was so tiny when you took her in, and now the vet's just like, wow, this cat's kind of fat. <laughs> it's fluff. It, yeah, well, they it's weighed her. Fluff. Yeah, they weighed her, and she was like 11 pounds, which is pretty chonky for a cat her size. Nonsense. 
Cats don't get chonky. She's chubby. She's a little chubby. But yeah, I think because of that, a lot of people have related to power a lot. And I really liked that whole idea of power, just kind of realizing, like, yeah, no, the cat's the only one I care about. <laughs> like, for the longest time, she was just kind of like, I've never cared about anything. This cat's just my emergency food supply. I'm just fattening it up so I could eat it. And then she's kind of like, well, damn, that kind of left a hole in my heart when the cat was gone. God, this thing is actually kind of nice to have around. Right? <laughs> Companionship? What's that? So, and then we got introduced to Aki, who has uh, sold part of his self to a fox demon in order to be able to use its powers. So we got the dog Although, guy. The way the way he made it sound is like each time he uses the fox demon's power, it, it bargains with him to to like do whatever. And so, mm -hmm. with the latest episode where he used the power, it took a bit of flesh from his forearm. Yeah. So we got the dog guy, the cat girl, and the fox guy. The Wait, three the dog guy. Oh. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. So the three, the three, the three genders. Dog, cat, and fox. Yeah. Dog person, cat person, and fox person. All right, I'm down. Yeah, you're you're kind of a bit non-binary because you're kind of all of those things. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> I mean, you identify as a cat person, but you're a bit of a dog person and a fox person as well. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, let's be real here. I am, I am one hundred percent trash panda. That's true. But yeah, I, I feel like if anybody gave you the opportunity to adopt a fox, you would in a heartbeat. So. Oh, uh, I I would be very conflicted because <laughs> it, they are a handful, and if I wanted to have them in my yard, I would have to do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Especially because there are foxes in your yard, so. Yeah. It, 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 oh boy, I would be, I would be very conflicted. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get into what Chainsaw Man is about for people who, for some reason, missed the fact that this anime came out this season. So it stars Denji, who, uh, for the longest time, was a child basically in debt to the Yakuza, and in order to pay off his debt, he did things like sell parts of his body, and he made a contract with a chainsaw devil in order to hunt other devils and use that as compensation for his family's debt. Because of this, he had no money for himself, he lived in a literal shack, and sometimes his meals would just consist of a single loaf of bread. Denji started off as his, his lower dream. than rock bottom. His dream breakfast being a single piece of toast with some jam on it. Yeah. Like, and Like, that is sad. And his other dream being that maybe someday he could hold a girl while he sleeps. So, pretty much below rock bottom is where he starts off. And after the Yakuza gets tricked by a zombie demon and turns all of them into zombies and kills Denji, his chainsaw uh, devil partner, Puchita, makes a deal with him to become his new heart, and in exchange, Denji is now a devil. 
and he becomes Chainsaw Man. Yeah. That's basically a devil that can transform himself into a bunch of chainsaws. <laughs> Coming from the head and the arms. Yep. Possibly uh, the legs. Yeah. And Maybe from the... somewhere else if you really <laughs> want to think about it. <laughs> well, and from this he meets uh, Makimo, is that her name? Maki, Makima? Makimo? Maki, yeah, yeah, Makima. Makima. Yeah, he meets Makima, who is in charge of an organization that hunts devils, and she sees so much potential in him, she basically gives him two choices. He can either join this organization and fight along her side, basically as her pet dog, or he can be slaughtered by her in that moment as a devil. And he's thinking with his dick, so he said yes. But in all fairness, what choice did he have? Uh, yeah, fair. And so then he ends up living in Aki's then, apartment. Then, then again, like, you you told Topaz, please don't sit on my keyboard. <laughs> She's helping. Uh, then again, the other day, you 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 did tell me that he was, like, 15. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God damn, really? I mean, no wonder he's thinking with his penis, okay? Yeah. Like, yeah, mind you, he's basically a high schooler who has never had any kind of interaction with a girl ever, so. Yeah, it's it's pretty understandable that the first girl to give him any kind of attention and basically tell him you could either come with me and have all of the things that you want or you can die, that's not really much of a choice there. <laughs> Obviously, you're going to take the deal with the devil in this situation. Yeah. So, and that... Makes me... I'm gonna go a little bit off the rails here of this episode, if you don't mind me kind of steering the ship for a little bit. Go for it. So, uh, I've recently rewatched two things that I haven't watched in a really long time. Uh, one was about a month ago. I rewatched all of Buella Magi Madoka Magica. And I'm seeing a lot of parallels between these two shows that I really wanted to talk about, and that is in the case of this idea of making a deal with somebody or making a contract with somebody. In Madoka Magica's case, it was Kyubei, who basically comes to girls who either need something or want something, and he basically offers them the you know opportunity to become a magical girl in exchange for whatever wish their heart could desire. And he will literally bend the fabric of reality to make that wish come true. It can literally be anything you want, so long as your heart is strong enough for it. And I always thought this was kind of an interesting take on the magical girl genre, because the thing that is the biggest lesson to take from Kyubei is the idea that Typically in the magical girl genre, these girls are given their powers in exchange for having to fight for their goals. They now have the ability to chase their dreams, and they slowly get there piece by piece, and they learn a bunch of lessons along the way. That's kind of the whole shtick of magical girl genre. But Puella Magi Madoka Magica, they get their wish from the very beginning. They start from the finish line. And at that point, there's nowhere else to go but to continue to fight for that wish, which now no longer has any value or meaning because it's already come true. How do you continue to fight for something that you no longer need to fight for? 
and it feels a bit underwhelming once it's actually in your grasp. And then the other show that I watched pretty recently was actually a movie, it's not anime, but was I was just kind of in the mood to rewatch this, and that was The Labyrinth, which was a modern day take on the idea of fairy tales being cautionary tales. Like a lot of like grim adventure fairy tales were supposed to teach children about things about life and how to avoid getting into trouble. Uh, the Labyrinth was about very much the idea of not giving power to predators. And it starts with this girl, Sarah, who's a 16 year old, who's always put in charge of watching her little brother every single weekend so her parent, her dad and her stepmom could go on dates every weekend. And the only thing she wishes for is her freedom and the ability to do whatever she wants, to which the Goblin King Jareth shows up and kidnaps her little brother and tells her, you're free now. In exchange, I'm taking your little brother with me. And it's very obvious watching this movie as an adult that Jareth is supposed to be a predator. Especially because it was played by a 35-year-old David Bowie and the main girl Sarah is played by a 16-year-old actress. So the implied romance between the two characters is actually very creepy in hindsight. And Jareth doesn't feel like as charming in retrospect as he did when I was younger. I used to think Jareth was like this really cool guy and I was just like wow like how can he not be in love with him but now I'm just kind of like wow that's creepy that's really disturbing <laughs> now you're sitting there like boy he's really kind of that neck beard that hangs out by the high school and shows magic tricks right <laughs> yeah like... basically <laughs> well and he does this incredible thing by constantly, like, bringing Sarah up by telling her, like, oh, you're no ordinary girl. And then he, like, pushes her down, like, you're so selfish, you're so childish. And that's something the Predators do, is they try to bring you up while at the same time keeping you under their feet. And ultimately, at the end of the Labyrinth, the thing that makes Sarah basically defeat Jareth is by telling him, you have no power over me, you have nothing that I could possibly want. And he blows up, and then she gets her brother back, and everything goes back to normal, I guess. Wait, wait. Does he, like, literally blow up? I haven't seen that movie in forever. No, he turns into an owl. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But the idea is kind of there. And, like, all of the goblins that he was controlling all now are friends with Sarah because they're just like, oh, she defeated the Goblin King, you know? So the idea is just learn to not accept things from strangers basically and to learn to be happy with what you got or to make the best of what you got I guess so the reason I bring both of these things up is because there is this common theme of this idea of selling something out for something easy like selling your soul or selling your little brother or selling who you are fighting for this idea of a wish that you might not actually want in the end. It see, see, and here I thought the moral of the labyrinth is if somebody offers to take your younger sibling away, you say thank you very much. <laughs> uh, only until they stop crying and then you want your sibling back. <laughs> Make the Goblin King hold the baby until he stops crying. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so there is this common theme of this idea of manipulators and people that will take advantage of your situation in order to gain control over you. And 
I would like to point out that Tyler and I are both going into Chainsaw Man completely blind, but every episode I watch of this show, Makima just feels more and more like a predator or a manipulator. And I think the reason why so many people don't want to talk about this is because when a male character is a manipulator, everybody's like, wow, that's creepy, that's disgusting, that's horrible. How can a man do that to a young girl like that? But if a woman is a manipulator, everybody's like, God, I wish that were me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really weird double standard. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not know anybody that would not have accepted Makima's offer in the beginning, even if they were in a better situation than Denji was in. And that's because Makima seems great. She seems warm and kind and wonderful, and she doesn't seem to be asking for a whole lot in return. And this makes me question, what does she actually want? What's going to happen when Denji finally gives himself over to her and basically lets her do whatever she wants, what is the thing she's going to ask of him? Like, in the same way that Kyubei was using the magical girls as a source of energy to save the universe, but not taking their feelings into consideration in the way that Jareth was just trying to abduct her little brother and possibly her as well, what does Makima want out of this? A D. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I feel like she could get that from anybody, though. Like, there's I, not. I a... mean, the the one fox boy would clearly give it to her. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it seems like there's not a shortage of men in this series that are willing to do anything for her. So I'm genuinely curious what it is about Denji specifically that she's after. And I'm sure manga readers already know, but I genuinely think that this show is more than just about a teenage boy who's willing to fight demons in order to grab a little bit of tit. I think this really is supposed to be a story about what happens when you make a deal with the devil. Okay, but like... What what teenage boy wouldn't do that? You know? I know, like, I mean, that's, that's my point. Like, <laughs> like, I gen- like come on. Do you, do you have any idea how many, like people I knew in high school that would have done just about anything to grab a tit. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, in this case, like, she's clearly the dark one here. She's clearly the one taking advantage of the situation. But I genuinely don't know anybody that would say no to her, even if they knew the truth. Even if they could see past that and be like, oh yeah, no, she's definitely a predator girl. A lot of people are just like, you know what, I'd let her take advantage of me, you know? Because <laughs> she's hot, and a lot That's, of people that... are dumb. People are dumb, but also, like, like you you and I kind of talked to it outside of, you know, this episode, obviously, but, like, <laughs> with the labyrinth, is, like, predators are charming, you know? You, mm-hmm. you were saying you don't really, didn't really see it until you recently rewatched it and now that you're you know fairly you know older and mature mm-hmm. you know but like when you were a kid you said you thought he was charming and you're like yeah. oh yeah that's great that's that's kind of what it is they're they're charming they you know they they kind of know how to to play on their victims emotions yeah well and i think there was 
I don't know who it was who said it, but there's a saying that uh, the devil will not show up as a demon with red horns. He'll show up as the things you want the most. Your deepest desires. Because ultimately, what better way to manipulate somebody than to give them everything that they want? And the thing with Denji is he started from, like I said, he was below rock bottom. He sold parts of his body away for cheap amounts of money on the black market. He wasn't eating very well. He wasn't treated very well. He swallowed a cigarette for 100 yen. Like, clearly, there was a lot he was willing to do for just look, anything. Look, look, That's like two meals, okay? A cigarette <laughs> plus the 100 yen. <laughs> that is two meals, okay? When you are as Poor as Denji. You take what you can get. Yeah. Well, not just that, but he also found out that he had contracted a disease that his mom had, which meant that his life was already pretty short as it was. So what other choice did he have but to take her offer? Like, he could have stayed on the path that he was, which would have meant his life ending then and there the moment he met her. And... In a weird way, that probably would have been the better choice, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's a choice at all. Who would actively choose to end their life? And on top of that, all of the rewards she's giving him are everything he could have ever wanted. She feeds him udon, she provides him with a nice place to live that has plenty of bread with plenty of jams and jellies. He gets to take his, a- his. Uh, jam supreme, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. One, one slice of bread with like seven different flavors of jams and jellies on it. Yeah. And another thing we also realize, uh, I don't know if you've watched the latest episode, but Denji also doesn't get this kind of satisfaction from just anybody because there's a lot of people that could have offered him soba noodles. There's lots of people that could have or udon noodles. There's lots of people that could have offered him bread and jam. And there is a character that offered to let him fondle her chest, which is something that he really wanted. But once he gets those from other people, it doesn't have the same satisfaction. It feels a bit empty and hollow and really not as good as what he had envisioned. And the reason for that is because those things really aren't as good as you envision. You build it up in your head and then you get it and it's kind of disappointing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All boobs are magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, Maki has this control over him to where everything that he wants, he wants specifically from her. And that's how manipulators are. She almost seemed even offended at the idea that he could get these rewards from somebody else because she wants to make him feel like she's the only person that can make him happy. And again, she uses a lot of things that are charming and she constantly lets him move the goalpost. He doesn't just say like, oh, my only goal is to get a handful of tits and that's it. He, she's just like, well, what do you want after that? I'll give that to you. What do you want after that? What do you want after that? What do you want after that? What is your greatest wish? And I will make it happen. And if that sounds familiar, because that's exactly what Kyubei told all the magical girls, is that she's willing to do anything Denji wants in exchange for him doing basically his job. 
And the alternative is death, so why wouldn't he want this? Yeah. So I think that all of this is going to build up to Denji kind of getting hit pretty hard here. Like, I think she's going to ask him for something that he can't provide for her. But at this point, he has no choice because she's been giving him everything that he could ever want. So what happens when she moves the goalpost, I guess is what I'm asking. And that's ultimately the danger here, is that everything's fine until somebody asks you something crazy. When your abuser wants something from you that is horrifying or something that you genuinely do not feel safe or comfortable doing. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll burn that bridge as we cross it. Yeah. <laughs> but aside from that, uh, Chainsaw Man has been fantastic. I think it's such a good story about the kind of a bunch of idiots, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yes, you've got idiot number one as a uh, dog boy. Mm-hmm. Idiot number two as cat girl. Yep. And idiot number three is fox boy. Yep. I think they're all kind of dumb. <laughs> they are. Yeah. Also, I can't believe this story started with 9-11. That's crazy. I know. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> I wasn't expecting an America reference in there. So Nobody expects the America reference. <laughs> Fun fact, the two towers falling did in fact start the the chain reaction that is the fucking horrible timeline that we're on. Yeah, not wrong. That's the message I'm getting from this anime. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I think... This, I this, this show is just the one that's willing to show it, okay? Like, all of the <laughs> others, like, like uh, Devilman Crybaby, that one started with 9-11 too. But it just didn't show it, okay? Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, all anime started with 9-11. That's a fact. Even anime that takes place in feudal Japan, it's all tied to 9-11. Exactly. Yeah, all of it. Every isekai, these other worlds didn't exist before 9-11. It's true. It's true. Truck coons went on a rampage after 9-11. I mean, 9-11 uh, was really the birth of truck coons, okay? <laughs> like... If it wasn't for 9-11, then uh, the, the demons wouldn't have escaped from, from wherever they came from, uh, possessing all of these vehicles to become truck coons. Every single truck coon just has a bumper sticker that says, never forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. New headcanon acceptance. <laughs> But one other thing I really want to talk about with Chainsaw Man is this kind of weird misconception I've seen with a lot of people, particularly new anime fans, like the young Gen Zers that have made anime mainstream that are just like, Devil Man, or sorry, not Devil Man, uh, Chainsaw Man is so cool because there's literally never been a shonen anime like it. Nobody's ever been like Denji. Nobody ever. Denji's completely unique. And I'm like, I don't. I feel like you guys haven't been watching anime for like the last two decades. If you guys think I know, like this is a completely unique. Come on, Naruto chased his girlfriend all the way across the world to get bring her back to his village. Okay, like come on. Yeah, 
Well, not just that, but the very first episode of Naruto featured him literally transforming into a naked chick just to trick his teacher, and then later turning into a bunch of naked chicks in order to defeat one guy. I literally haven't watched Naruto in a long time. All I remember is him just turning into a bunch of naked chicks. Yeah. Like, and Kakashi literally read a hentai while training his students. Like, this God, I- can you imagine that, like, happening in school today? Like, just teacher popping a boner? Like, <laughs> oh, by the way, here's here's your math test. Yeah, like, this idea of anime being so focused around horny teenagers really isn't a new concept. It's... It's been going on for a long time. I think the problem is a lot of people think of Shonen Jump anime and they think One Piece featuring Luffy, who literally was staring at a naked boy at Hancock and was just thinking about dinner. Like, he literally just does not give a shit. Or Goku, who supposedly never kissed his wife ever, in spite of the fact that they had children. So... (laughs) Like... I think a lot of people think of those Shonen protagonists, but that... That's so far from off what so, anime's been for a long time. Anime's always been about pervy guys. Like, it's look, always okay, been about... He, he, he sleepwalks, okay? It's, it's not <laughs> Goku's fault. Sorry, he sleepfucks, okay? He, sleep <laughs> he just assumed Chi-Chi's belly just grew because she ate something weird. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> oh my god. He was like, sweetie, what did you eat to make a baby grow? That's so crazy. I mean, he's not bright, but yeah. goddamn. <laughs> but my point being that, like, why is Chainsaw Man being recognized as, like, this marvel of, like, perv, like, like, this holy grail of, like, being a perverted teenage boy? Like, isn't every single isekai wish fulfillment? Like, <laughs> Even if you don't look to shonen, look to any anime genre and you're going to find characters like this. It's such a regular thing that I don't really understand the stigma of all anime is bad compared to Chainsaw Man. Because Naruto's goal was to become Hokage and Denji's goal is to grab a boob, you know? (laughs) Denji's more relatable in that regard. But the thing is, is that... Denji's goals only feel more relatable because he started at a much lower position than these other characters. For him, grabbing a boob was the same thing as Naruto becoming Hokage. Like, Naruto was also extremely relatable for the time because he was kind of rejected by literally everybody. He was unique because this curse was placed on him when he was really young and that he had no control over. But he was never as low as Denji. Like, he always had a place to live. He always had as much ramen as he could eat. He still had people who cared about him in spite of the fact that he felt like he didn't. Like, Denji didn't have any of those things. Yeah. And heck, Naruto was even able to chase crushes. You know? Like, Denji didn't have that luxury. Naruto didn't have to make a deal with the devil because somebody else made it for him. And his only goal was to do something incredible so people would see him as an equal. Where Denji doesn't care about that kind of stuff, he just wants self-gratification. Don't we all? (laughs) So, like, I just, I'm confused at this idea that this has never been done before. I think it's just been portrayed in a completely different way. I do think Chainsaw Man is introducing a very dark take 
on the shonen genre, but I also don't think it's the first either. I think JoJo's Bizarre Adventure was extremely dark for its time period. I think Devilman Crybaby was dark even by today's standards. And even Jujutsu Kaisen brought a new dark take to the shonen genre. I think that Chainsaw Man does all this stuff really well, but I think people are giving it way too much credit for being groundbreaking when it's just taking elements that it knows will work and applying it to the series. Yeah. So I'm not to trying to trash it at all, but I just think people need to chill out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not saying that it's bad because of these. Just saying that like people aren't realizing that it's not groundbreaking. Yeah, exactly. Like people need Gen Zers particularly need to stop acting like they discovered Attack on Titan. Like holy shit, children! We were watching anime back when you were like in diapers. All look, right? look, look. Okay. Gen Z discovered anime in the same way that Christopher Columbus discovered America. Or that Elon Musk discovered Tesla vehicles. (laughs) And Twitter. And Twitter. Yeah. All hail the supreme overlord of Twitter. All of us sacrifice $8 for Twitter verification so we can now embrace freedom of speech once again, clearly. Yay, freedom Yay. of speech for the low, low cost of $8 a month. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> freedom isn't free. It's all related to 9-11. I hate you. <laughs> Chainsaw Man broke ground by, infor- like, by really revealing the truth. The truth is that all anime is connected to 9/11. Oh God, you you heard it right here at Kawaii Cast. <laughs> it's all connected. Remember when that was a thing we used to say? Yeah, on the good crack times. Train? It's all connected. It's coming back. We're bringing it back. So, <laughs> but yeah. I the last thing I really kind of want to talk about with Chainsaw Man is the amount of people that are upset about the animation, and I genuinely don't understand this. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why people are upset either. I mean, I know it takes some CGI at least, or is it like all CGI? It's a majority CGI. Like, I will admit, they use a lot of CGI even in like non-battle scenes. Which is pretty unusual for MAPPA. Like, almost the entire OP is done in CGI. But I genuinely think it's done well. Like, I didn't really feel like it was that jarring until I saw the entire internet bitching about it. And then I went back and watched it, and I'm like, oh, I guess that is CGI. But then I also yeah. see people... It's, see... it's, it's done really well compared to, well, other anime we've had in the past that, you know, have, have had poor CGI. Yeah. Or sorry, I... really good CGI. <laughs> well, and I know Mother's Basement did like an entire video talking about how we need to erase the stigma that CGI in anime is bad. And I very much agree with him. But I do think he missed a few points there, or there were some points that I disagree with. Uh, I'm not going to go over the whole video because I don't want to just quote his video. But I think the main point he had that 
like CGI being a tool that has helped anime progress in the way that it has is a very good trade-off to everything being in that beautiful hand-drawn 2D animation style. And I think there's also a thing where a lot of people don't realize how much 3D has been around. Like, I didn't realize that Studio Ghibli used 3D in Princess Mononoke until we watched, like, a bonus feature talking about it. And I was like, wait, that oh, was yeah. CGI? Mm-hmm. Like, it's always been good. It's always been useful. And I think Chainsaw Man just took a major risk by being majority CGI. And honestly, most of the time, I don't notice it. And I think... Even a lot of the people complaining about it don't notice it as much as they claim they do. Like, somebody was literally complaining about a screenshot, and it was literally 2D. And they're just like, this CGI looks so bad. It's like, well, yeah, this, that's not CGI. I, I wonder why this CGI <laughs> looks so bad. Yeah. Like, if you can't even tell the difference in your own argument, I think you don't have a lot of argument to make there. So, yeah, I don't think it's perfect. And I do think people worry that Studio Mappa is going a bit backwards when it comes to their animation. But with how much their staff and employees suffered in the making of Jujutsu Kaisen and Attack on Titan, I think it's okay for them to go a few steps back, especially if it looks this good. Yeah. I think if this makes their quality still look really outstanding while at the same time alleviating some of that stress from their animators... I think that's a fair trade-off, and I would rather have that than any more underpaid artists getting hospitalized or losing sleep. Like, it's not okay. Yeah. And I think that is a pretty good deal with the devil, if we're wrapping this back up to the main theme of the show. There, there we go. So, yeah, CGI is the true devil that we're shaking hands with in the anime industry. All, and... all, of, all of the... Uh... Demons in this show are like named things, like powers like the Blood Demon and Denji's like the Chainsaw Demon. Yeah. Uh, Mappa is clearly just the CGI demon. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, let's embrace it because it is helping people, just like Puchita. So. <laughs> right. So yeah, I think that's basically my final thoughts for the series right now. We'll definitely have more to talk about at the end of the season. Uh, so I do have one. I do have one complaint. Okay. In the latest episode I watched, it was the one where Denji fought the, the bat demon or whatever, right? Yeah. There's, like, one of the comments from, from like, one of the bystanders was like, oh, yeah, at first I was scared because there were demons, but then I realized one of them was wearing the, the national security uniform and it was, like, just a suit? Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, are you telling me no other place of business wears a fucking suit? That's the Japanese mentality right there. They're just like, man, this guy is out there murdering people, but he looks like he works in 9 to 5, so I guess that's cool. <laughs> that, there you go, you know, if you're a demon. <laughs> wear, wear, a, wear a suit and tie, and people will just leave you alone. <laughs> Looks like a trustworthy guy. <laughs> Mind you, that is kind of a Japanese mentality, is this idea of just kind of, like, look the other way sometimes. Yeah. They're like, if they're not hurting you, it's fine. I also really liked the guy in the car that was just kind of like, 
Man, he said something about not caring about me because I'm a dude, but that's fine. He seems pretty chill. <laughs> that's fine. He was chill. The, the <laughs> kid like, I want to talk to the man with the chainsaw for a face. <laughs> New child-approved mascot. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, all these people are just fucking weird. Okay. <laughs> Oh, I want to include one more thing. I am so impressed with E-Stream for literally having that power figure just locked and ready to go for the moment episode 4 came out, because it was hours after episode oh, 4 came out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they didn't make any announcements that they were making that figure. They just made it and then left it under wraps until the episode came out. And they're like, oh, by the way, we made a power figure of that exact scene. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, I give them praise for that, but I take a lot of that back because they have the gall to charge like two hundred dollars for it. I think uh, yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a good looking figure. I I wouldn't say quite two hundred. I'd I'd say one fifty. Yeah, maybe one eighty. I think somebody said that the original starting price for this power figure on Eastream's website is the same that they charged for the Crystal Rem originally. And I'm like, that's not the same quality of figure. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, even if you take out the extravagant base from Crystal Rem's figure and just include just the figure, she still looks better than the power figure, in my opinion. There's so many seam lines and there's such lack of shading in certain areas. I'm just like, this is a fun figure and I like it, but I don't love it. I don't love it for E-Stream prices. Like, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Eastream teased us by releasing the Gojo figure at a really reasonable price, like 18,000 yen. And then they never did it again. <laughs> They're like, the rest of our figures are going to be 30,000 yen minimum. Like, that's kind of bullshit. Yeah, I at least wanted the Nanami great. to be cheap. Like, come on, that Nanami should not have been the price it is. And the power definitely should not be the price it is. Like, Eastream, right. we want to buy your figures, but you're asking too much of us at this point. So I I think she might bargain bin, honestly. She might be worth just holding off buying until she releases. So, yeah. Same with the Nanami. Like, I don't think he's gonna sell that well, honestly. Yep. There, and, well, there we go. There's, there we go. <laughs> there's, there's our thoughts on Chainsaw Man so far. Yep, we'll have more by the end of the season, I'm sure, because I'm sure we'll figure out what exactly Maki's deal is by the end of this season. At least I hope so. Yeah. So, hopefully. with that, I'm gonna go take some cold medicine and conk out. Cold, cold, some cold, some take medicine. Yeah. I can talk. Take some cold medicine <laughs> and go and get like 9 to 12 hours of sleep. That's the goal, because I do have to work in the morning, so... <laughs> so I need to be better by then. I am feeling a little bit better sitting up and talking, though, so I think this is a good idea. Alright. So, well, thanks for listening, you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Happy 200th episode. Yay. Yay.